for maintaining the planetary systems of the universe. There is no purport to this, so we will uh, cover the text 40 and then we will also cover text 41 because text 41 has a purport. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the master of all transcendental opulences and the master of the spiritual sky. He is the Supreme Person, Bhagavan, the Super Soul of everyone. The demigods led by Indra, the King of Heaven, are entrusted with seeing to the affairs of the material world. To benefit all living beings in all the varied planets and to increase the power of those elephants and of the demigods, the Lord manifests himself on top of that mountain in a spiritual body uncontaminated by the modes of material nature. Surrounded by his personal expansions and assistants like Vishwaksena, he exhibits all his perfect opulences such as religion and knowledge and his mystic powers such as Anima, Lagima and Mahima. He is beautifully situated and he is decorated by the different weapons in his four hands. The various forms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead such as Narayan and Vishnu are beautifully decorated with different weapons. The Lord exhibits those forms to maintain all the varied planets created by His personal potency Yogamaya. In Bhagavad Gita 4.6, Lord Krishna says, Sambhavami Atmamayaya. I appear by my internal potency. The word Atmamaya refers to the Lord's personal potency, Yogamaya. After creating both the material and spiritual world, through Yoga Maya, the Supreme Personality of Godhead personally maintains them by expanding himself in different categories as the Vishnu Murtis and the demigods. He maintains the material creation from beginning to end and he personally maintains the spiritual world.
The Lord exhibits those forms to maintain all the varied planets created by His personal potency, Yoga Maya. So, our conversation on the Vedic cosmology section continues. We are focusing on Bhumandal since last many many months. <laughs> Even describing it takes so many months, right? So, it is mentioned that on the center of Bhumandal is Mount Meru and around it are concentric circles and there are seven dvipas or islands moving progressively outside. Each dvipa is divided into several varshas and each dvipa is separated from another dvipa by oceans, different different oceans, oceans comprising of different different liquids or fluids. At the very center is Jambudviva around Mount Meru, immediately around Mount Meru is Jambudviva. Outside Jambudvip is the salt water lake, then there is Plakshadvip which is twice the size of Jambudvip. Then outside Plakshadvip is a sugarcane juice ocean. Then outside that is Shalamali and then outside that is sea of wine. And then outside Shalamali is Kushadvip, outside that is an ocean of ghee. Outside that is Kraunchadvip. And outside that is the sea of yogurt. Every entity is twice the earlier one. Outside that is Shakadvi, which is an ocean of milk. Outside that is Pushkaradvi, which is again twice of the uh, Shakadvi. But this Pushkaradvi is unique in one sense. It's different in one sense from other peoples. This Pushkaradvi, which is again a big concentric circle, is divided into two parts by another mountain. That mountain is called as Manasattora mountain, which it says separates the inner part of the Pushkaratvi um, uh, and the outer part, one within the this side of the mountain, one outside of it. And it says on top of this Manasattora mountain, Indra resides on top of this. And it is also said that the sun travels on top of this Manasattora mountain and the travel of the sun is called as Samvatsar. And the sun in that travel is in effect encircling the middle entity which is called as Mount Meru, creating what is called as Uttarayan and Dakshinayan, moving north and south respectively. Of course, each of these lands we saw has got a different ruler, it's got specific types of living entities and it has got an Ishtadev who they worship. And they have a specific mood of worshipping this particular Ishtadev. The Dvipa which we were discussing last was this um, Pushkaradvi. So the, here it is said that Lord Brahmaji is worshipped in this Pushkaradvi. And beyond the Pushkaradvi, it is said that there is a sea of pure water. That is probably the last of the oceans that is described. Pure water finally after all the juices. Right? Now beyond that it is said is a tract of land as big as the radius from Mount Mehru which is the center to the Manasatora mountain. So we can imagine now as if 
we almost thought it was going to end, but now it's almost doubling up. That piece of land. So it's beyond our conception. And then part of that land has got living entities, and there is another land on the outskirts, which is the land of gold, which apparently has been abandoned. Usually, you talk all the at least the mining companies will focus there. It has been abandoned. Because the gold is so resplendent and is so reflective that anything which is put there is lost forever, it cannot be perceived because everywhere there will be reflection, right? It's like sometimes we go to this, uh, what is it called as, some places where they have reflective mirrors, you have to pay $10 and go and you see everywhere and you don't know where you are, you are kind of lost, <laughs> like that. So we can imagine the whole island, one room can consume us, a whole island and that was this big. So no use of that gold. Now, beyond that is what is called as the local loka mountains. So, Priti Rajanamakaji was explaining the other day why it is called loka, a loka mountain. It's because on one side is loka, living entities, on the other side is a loka, which means no living entity. So, it's called as local loka mountain. So, local loka mountains is the barrier between where living entities can reside and where they cannot reside. So, that is called as local loka mountains. Now, this local local mountain, you can imagine what is the radius of this, considering all this. But more importantly, not only is the radius huge, but the height is also beyond our conception. What is the height of this local local mountain? It is said they are so high that they cover the three worlds, which is Bhulok, Bhuvarlok, and Swarlok, and it goes up to Dhruvalok. So, it's like a CD which is placed, a huge CD of infinite dimension and around that is a container of local local mountain, a hollow container, the mountain surrounding very tall like that, right? And now, inside that particular enclosure, if you put a bulb, what will happen to the bulb? The bulb will only show light to the extent of the confines of the local local mountain and no light will go outside. That is why it is said that beyond the local local mountains, it is an area of complete darkness. Complete darkness. So, this is the description that is given. And, uh, and it is said that the sun rays also cannot escape beyond the local local mountains. The other side is pitch dark. Now, all this is the Lord's Adhut creation. Right? And we are only talking about Bhumandal right now. We are not talking about the other locals. So, there are 40 planetary systems like this. And then this is only one universe, one egg and it is said there are millions and billions of such universes <coughs> all together that is only one fourth of the spiritual world is still spoken and that is ever expanding. So therefore, this is enough for all of us to realize how insignificant we are. <laughs> so at least that point is coming across. And then, not only that, it is not enough to realize how insignificant it is also equally important to understand the Lord's how infinite he is and then still the Lord wants to personally reciprocate with all of us. So, the Lord is so compassionate 
that he creates this. Now, what is all these things? What is this whole theory about age, lila and salt water, etc.? Is it a picnic spot the Lord is creating? No, it is a jail he is created. It's a jail. It's a jail of salt water oceans, land, local, commanded sun. It's a jail. It's a prison for all those people who have a separatist mentality of enjoying separately from the Lord. Now, the Lord is a different kind of person. People create jails. For example, the jail department of the government will create a jail. But the head of the jail will not say, I am compassionate on the prisoners. So, I am also going to go into the jail and stay with them. Will any jailer talk like that? Nobody is going to talk like that. Correct? Right. So, what? but the Lord is not like that. The Lord says, I have created this, but I am going to also personally come into this jail. So, it is mentioned in, these, in today's verses, that the Lord personally comes down on top of the local local mountain in various forms. Why does he do it? In order to sustain the demigods and the various planets. He wants to make sure everything is working in order. He wants to empower these demigods as well as he wants to take care of all the living entities and he wants to protect his own creation. So, so much he is concerned. Right? Now, the Lord need not come down to local local mountain to do this. He can sit in a spiritual world and he can say, the task protected and everything will be protected. But that is where the conception of God and the conception of the supreme absolute truth that is different because the Lord absolute conception is not just that he is Ishwar. The Lord's absolute conception, Rupa Goswami says is Akhila Rasamrutamurti. He wants to take care of his devotees. He wants to show affection. He just doesn't want to show his phantasmagoria or his brilliance of creation and then leave the souls you know, to their own fate. No. He wants to still come there and show his affection for the devotees. I am there with you even though you are in this jail. Don't worry. At any point in time, you can turn your face and I will take you back outside this jail. So he comes personally. Now, a description of this, the first time I heard about this local of the mountain was when I was studying Bhakti Vedanta. Now you may wonder, but you did Bhakti Vaibhav before that. You would have studied that in fifth candle. But first time when we study Bhagavad we all know what we study. <laughs> a local of something, something. And then, then when I went to 10th candle, then I saw local locomotive. I said, I heard it somewhere. <laughs> Where is it? Went back and saw that was in the fifth candle. Like that. So, there is this beautiful passage. It's one of my most favorite pastimes. When I heard about local locomotive. And I... We will remember this first time. This is when Lord Krishna uh, takes Arjun to Vaikuntha. So what is happening in that past time? Lord Krishna, what happens is there is a Brahman. All of you know this past time. There is a Brahman who is continuously losing his children. The moment his wife gives birth, the children die. Or they vanish. Die. Right. So therefore this uh, Brahman is absolutely very very angry and frustrated with the management. When something goes wrong, who people blame? Management, right? So poor Ugra said, he didn't do anything, he was ruling. But still he was blamed. And the Brahmana gave the choicest of curses to Ugra said, incompetent king. <laughs> like that. So he was going on and on, cursing Ugra said. And then what happened? Uh, Arjun heard this. Arjun said, what's going on? Don't worry, I will protect your children. So, after the ninth son of the Brahman was lost, Arjun said, no more, I promise I will protect ten. <laughs> so, Brahmana laughed. <laughs> Who are you, Arjun? 
ఈవెన్ వాసుదేవ్ సంకర్షన్ అనిరుద్ధ అండ్ ప్రద్యుమ్న గుడ్నాట్ ప్రొటెక్ట్ యూ విల్ ప్రొటెక్ట్ మై చండి సో అర్జున్ సైజ్ యూ డోంట్ నో హూ ఐఎమ్ ఐఎమ్ అర్జున్ ఐ హ్యావ్ గాంధీవా ఐ హ్యావ్ ఈవెన్ డిఫీటెడ్ లార్డ్ శివా ఇస్ ఇట్స్ సో ఐ విల్ టేక్ కేర్ యూ డోంట్ వరీ యూ రిలాక్స్ అండ్ దెన్ వాట్ అర్జున్ డస్ విత్ ఇస్ బో హీ క్రియేట్స్ అ షీల్డ్ వేర్ నథింగ్ నో బడి కెన్ నథింగ్ కెన్ కమ్ ఇన్ సైడ్ విత్ మిస్టేక్ ఎబిలిటీస్ రైట్ హీ క్రియేట్స్ ఆల్ దాట్ and then the wife is inside and delivering the child the moment child is delivered child is gone <laughs> okay so now what happens arjun now the brahmana arjun cannot show his face to the brahman <laughs> because he has said big big words right when we boast of our abilities and then everything is opposite then what happens <laughs> that we cannot show our face right so the brahmana still comes in front of arjun okay gandhi is there <laughs> you told big big things where is my child and then what he calls arjun he says arjun you are a yuna <laughs> and that is very insulting to be called as a yuna <laughs> so he calls arjun like this and arjun says no way i am going to take this insult okay i am going to go and get your son i will go to the planet of yamalo he says and then he travels to the planet of yamalo and then what he does when he goes to yamalo he doesn't find there in yamalo the children then he says i am going to indra chandra varuna everywhere he goes to all the god of the water the god of the air the god of the heavens everywhere he has gone he could not find and then arjun comes back and what happens when a warrior gives his word it's not like the politicians of today hmm? by the time you speak it it is already forgotten i never said it this after one second right that's not like that over there you give a word you keep it or you die you kill yourself so arjun says i am going to enter the fire and i am going to finish my life because i have failed to keep up my word what kind of kshatriya i am that is the kind of kshatriya spirit he had right that i could not protect and then he is about to enter the fire lord comes he says hang on arjun what are you doing i am going to enter the fire don't worry i will go and there why are you i will come along with you now why am i narrating this past tense for two reasons one is the local local mountain other is the not lord in order to protect his devotee not only comes to the material world from the spiritual world he is willing to go from the material world to the spiritual world also even reverse than he did <laughs> both the things right that is the beauty of our god he is willing to do anything right so then it is said that the lord puts arjun on his chariot arjun says where we are going to just sit and enjoy the ride for the inflight entertainment and what is the inflight entertainment arjun gives he gets a whole dozen of all these flags and do this dream the festival is crossing everything so the lord is traveling like this if you can imagine right and then it is said that the local local mountains come right and then the lord is going up through the local local mountains through the various world because you have to go above and then go out like of course lord can go whichever way but it's a past time right and it is said that the lord is traveling at the speed of mind and then he goes above the local local mountains that is where it is said the moment the lord chariot crosses the local local mountains it is said that the lord's horses saibya chugriva mega pushpa and bahala four horses they are completely bewildered and disoriented darkness it is also said and when i went to the what is that janolan caves in sydney there they said that you know, if you stay here and if you are lost here you will get disoriented and you go mad because darkness can cause disorientation and madness in human beings and here there is no sun right so you can imagine the horses are all going crazy they have no idea what is going on they are bewildered of course krishna's horse need not be bewildered prabhupada no. prabhupada disciples write in the purport saying that prabhupada said that don't worry this is just arranged by the lord 
but still they are bewildered and then what the lord says in that immense darkness hmm, where someone can get lost into the oblivion of space and time the lord gets a release in sudarshan chakra and the sudarshan chakra is traveling in front and it is said that obviously the opposite of darkness is what light the sudarshan chakra gives so much light that arjun has to close his eyes you can't see there is so much brightness in that whole cosmos so the entire area otherwise did not have any light beyond the local local mountains because of the lord sudarshan chakra traveling ahead of the chariot the whole area is illuminated and then what happens the lord continues traveling and they reach the ocean the boundary which is the uh, causal ocean they reach there and then the lord goes inside that in the chariot and then they see a palace and inside the palace they see the beautiful form of anantashish and in that the lord is lying down mahavishnu is lying down and the lord's beauty is described it's an amazing chapter and then mahavishnu looks at the lord and he says welcome <laughs> why mahavishnu wanted to invite because the mahavishnu said i did this whole past time because i wanted to take your darshan mahavishnu is also eager to see the beauty of lord krishna mahavishnu's beauty itself is mentioned in the 89th chapter of shrimad bhagavatam but that mahavishnu who is so beautiful is enamored by the beauty of the human like form of lord krishna so um, from the local local mountain just reminded me of this passage how the darkness on the sea how sudarshan chakra so no darkness of this material world cannot be dissipated by the lord in the physical sense of it and in the philosophical sense of it also yesterday we were discussing uh, Uh, in the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhakti Vaibhav I was discussing yesterday that the Lord created this jail and who did he ask to create the jail? He gave this dirty job to Brahma. Why am I saying dirty job? Because it is mentioned that Brahma was not at all happy. Because Brahma had to create Avidya, Tamas, Tamishra, all these, you know, those elements which are given there. Brahma had to create all those elements. Moha. by which one gets a feeling of i and mind and gets stuck forever in this world he produces anger so after creating all this humanity is feeling what did i create who will feel happy the creator of bhuvan dhanamobe will he be very happy obviously he is not going to be very happy right everyone is suffering there right but who will be happy creating a jail it's a thankless job so but the lord has already thought through So he comes in the mind of Brahma Ji, and the same Brahma Ji, as immediately as soon as he creates Avidya, he also brings behind Vidya in the form of the four Kumaras, Sankhya, Yoga, all those four aspects, Vairagya, like that. So four Kumaras to stand for these principles, which can take you back in the reverse journey out of this jail. The Lord also sends them. So in this case. Um, the brahmana sons no, uh, were gone so one may wonder if the lord really wanted to protect the brahmana's uh, son why did he have to originally you know kill the brahmana's son why did the lord agree for mahavishnu to kidnap that of course there are many reasons one was the mahavishnu's desire which lord krishna wants to honor but it also says that lord did not interfere in the brahmana's son's disappearance up until the point that Arjuna wanted to enter the fire. So by this, the Lord shows us that I care for all living entities. So eventually, I will bring the Brahmana's son. 
I love the brahmanas, but more dear to that that what can compel me to really act fast is when Vaishnava brahmanas are invaded. So this talks about the preponderance, the domination of Vaishnavas over brahmanas. So, so when we talk about local local mountains, this whole uh, you know uh, journey, we can read it in the 89th chapter of the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam. So. Why does the Lord come into this world at all this uh, local mountains of It is because the Lord wants to be with his devotees in the jail. Akhila Samrita Murti. He wants to show his affection. He wants to enjoy rasa with his devotees. Now, as we mentioned before, the Lord's highest, the Lord's concern for the jiva is shown in one sense. That he is coming into this jail to ensure that his creation is going on everything is proper, demigods are empowered, everything is fine. So this is one aspect of the Lord's concern. But there is a higher aspect of the Lord's concern. What is the higher concern of the Lord? The higher concern of the Lord is not just overseeing the material facilities and the administration of the universe, but in seeing that the jivas who are trapped in this jail are escaping this big, big prison house. That is a larger concern of the Lord. They are escaping this prison house of darkness. Therefore, the Lord sometimes comes personally to enlighten this dark place with his teachings like the Bhagavad Gita, etc. Or otherwise he sends his very intimate devotee into this material world. Now the, 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 the difference between the, how the Lord deals with his devotees and the devotee deals with the devotee is slightly different. Right? The Lord comes, He attracts with His flute. No doubt about it. Whoever gets attracted goes back to God. But what about, what about those who never get attracted? There are enough people. Duryodhana was there, he never got attracted right? to the Lord. What about those people? Who will deliver all those people? So therefore, Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur says in Madhurya Kadhani in the first shower that people still don't get attracted because they do not have Shraddha. Rupa Goswami starts with Shraddha Sadhu Sangha. Vishwanachakura goes two levels behind. He talks about Shukriti. He says because as long as people don't develop Shukriti, they cannot get Shraddha. Now, how will someone get Shukriti? Vishwanachakura Thakur says one gets Shukriti by the either they have done devotional life in the past lifetime and therefore they are doing Shukriti or because a devotee builds their Shukriti in this lifetime. When Prabhupada's disciples asked Prabhupada, what did we do to get bhakti? What qualifications did we have? Prabhupada said, you didn't have any qualifications, I made your qualifications. And that is precisely how the Lord and devotee operate differently. The Lord is very neutral in that sense. He is impartial. But who is partial? The devotee is partial. Partial even to the rasa. The Lord is partial to his devotee. But the devotee is Friendly with even the rogues and ruffians. That is the difference between how the Lord operates and the devotee operates. So in that sense, while it is glorious that the Lord is sitting on top of Dokaloka mountain, but even more glorious than the Lord is the devotees who are in that spiritual world happy with the Lord, but still who accept the inconvenience of coming down into this material world just to serve the Lord and more importantly out of their compassion for the people who are struggling in this jail.
and who have more superiority. <laughs> Therefore, Lord will never interfere with such people. Right? And who have more interest or shraddha in the Lord. So, that is the glory of a devotee. So, today is the exalted, is uh, 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 the appearance of such an exalted personality. His grace, Bhakti Vinod Thakur Mahasha. His holiness, Bhakti Vinod Thakur Mahasha. Bhakti Vinod Thakur Mahasha is appearance day. So, on this occasion, let us talk about how one of the great stalwart uh, associates of the Lord came here and how he lived his life. We will see some important aspects of uh, pastimes from Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur's lives and teachings. So, I will go in a chronological order. Uh, we will cover, we will start from his birth and childhood. So, Srila um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur Mahashaya was born as Kedarnath Datta in the year 1838. It is said that he was um, uh, born in a very opulent family, very wealthy family, in a place called Bir Nagar, which is in Ulakram, Nadia, West Bengal. So that is where he had his birth. He was the seventh son of Raja Krishnananda Dutt, who was a devotee of Lord Nityananda. But it is generally said that Vaishnavism was not really very core to that family. His father was there, no doubt about that, but otherwise people were not generally interested in Vaishnavism in his family. It was not much respected also in his family. But he took birth in that particular family. Therefore, he was called as Daitya Kulera Prahalad. Just like Prahalad was also born in the Asuri family. Bhakti Vinod Thakur was also born in a family which is not many devotees. So Daitya Kulera Prahalad. In such a family, Prahalad like personality was born. So after birth, in his childhood, he lived, the ma- he lived in the mansion of his maternal grandfather in Birnagar. And he has had his elementary school in a school which is uh, grandmother herself had uh, started. He had a schooling there. Later, he it is said that he attended an English school in Krishna Nagar, started by the king of Nadia. Now, his older brother, because of some circumstance, uh, died of cholera. And when his older brother, his elder brother, died, he, he left that school in Krishna Nagar. So that was his very, very uh, his birth and childhood. Now we will come to his teenage years. So this is 1849 year old. 1838 was the birth. So now he is 11 years old. Just about to enter the teenage. Now as soon as he was about, uh, about to enter teenage, his father passed away. And when his father passed away, all the wealth of the family went down. And gradually the whole family went into penury or poverty. One year later, at the age of 12, his mother arranged his first marriage to the five-year-old daughter of some acquaintance. Daughter. His wife was five years old. Okay. So, now his uncle, whose name was Kashi Prasad Ghosh, it seemed that his uncle at that time, it is said that his uncle had mastered English because India was under British rule at that point in time. So his uncle had mastered English under British education and Bhaktivinoda Thakur was homeschooled in Calcutta when his father left. 
Now, this uh, Kashi Prasad Ghosh, it is said he was a central figure in literary circles and he was also an editor of the Hindu intelligencer. Now, at this young age, um, Kedarnath, which is the name of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, before he became Bhaktivinoda Thakur, his name was Kedarnath. So, at this young age, young Kedarnath assisted his uncle with select appropriate articles to publish in the newspaper. So, his scholarly abilities were manifesting at a very, very early age in his life. 1856 to 1857, Bhakti Vinod now becomes 18, 19 years of age. He entered a college in Calcutta. And he started writing extensively in the English language and in Bengali language. Now, not only was he adept at English, but he was also very adept at knowledgeable with English literature. It was a very, very special asset, right? So much so that he composed a two-part English epic called the Poriad, which described the life of poets who had met Alexander the Great. So Bhakti Vinodhaku actually used to write on these subject matters at a very early age in his life. Now during this time, Srila Bhakti Vinodhaku Mahashaya Kedarnath Dattha, he got very attracted by Christian theology over Advaita Vedanta. Okay, obviously because of the personal aspect. They were not so impersonal right, at that time. So, Advaita Vedanta of Shankaracharya was very impersonal in this. So, he got attracted to Christian theology. Of course, uh, we will later on see how he moves on from that. So, Kedarnath Dutta, he used to spend hours comparing the writings of Christian reformers. And at the British Indian Society, he gave a lecture on the evolution of matter. All this is around the teenage years to his early adulthood. So you can see the kind of scholarliness of his personality. In 1858, now he has become 20 years old, coming out of his team now, right? He returned to Nadia and found that the native village of Nadia was completely ruined and deserted owing to cholera. Again, the epidemic had struck and most of his relatives were killed, right? Now, only two surviving members were there in his family. And his, who were the two surviving members? His mother and his paternal grandmother. They were, they were, the paternal grandmother, both were the only survivors. So, with them, he returned to Calcutta. And according uh, to the last wishes of his grandfather, he took a pilgrimage and travelled to all the monasteries and temples in the state of Orissa. So, now his journey of Yatra starting at this age. Now, obviously when you go to a Yatra, one becomes very introspective, right? When you are in the Holy Dham. So, he began to consider the questions of the means of his grihastha life. A lot of larger questions of life started coming in his mind. So, he lost interest. He, he, there was some inclination to do business which he lost completely. And he saw that there is a lot of dishonesty one has to do to maintain livelihood out of business. So when he went to this holy dham, something happened and he said, no, I am not going to adopt any dishonest means. So I am not even going to consider business because you have to bluff to do business, right? Therefore, he started as a school teacher, where you don't have to 
do any of this, right? The speech can come out. So he started as a school teacher of the Medinapur High School. But he was so good as a school teacher that soon he was made the headmaster of the school. So his excellence was always there in whichever profession he takes. 1860, he becomes 22 years of age. His first son, Achyutananda, was born. Now, unfortunately, as soon as Achyutananda was born, his first wife died. Along during the childbirth itself, she died. Therefore, he married, he did second marriage to Bhagavati Devi, who then was to be the wife for the rest of his life. Now, Chira Bhaktivinoda Thakur during this time published a book in English that described all the ashrams and temples in the state of Orissa. So, not only he did his Deepa Yatra, but also he started writing on the holy dams. Now, this was a very important turning point in his life. What was the turning point? During his post as headmaster, he started looking into the various religious sects, philosophies and practices and he realized that people in general were taking religion very cheaply. Kaitava Dharma was uh, uh, at its peak. Hmm? It is during this time that he came to understand the unique importance of the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That is why this is the very turning point in his life. Hmm? 1860, 22 years old. And that, that was the turning point. He saw that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings was not very well represented in that contemporary society at that point in time and uh, people were polluting Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings and therefore it was a, uh, almost like a dark spot on the Gaudiya Vaishnava lineage. So he took it upon himself to resurrect the situation there. 1861, 23 years of age. He accepted the post of now headmaster to deputy magistrate. He accepted the post of deputy magistrate in the government of Bengal. And later, obviously, when you take the post of deputy magistrate, you are coming in touch with so many government officials. So, what happened? He saw that there was so much of corruption amongst the government workers in India. Is it news to anyone? <laughs> it's worse now. <laughs> but he wanted to do something about it. That was the difference. <laughs> Nowadays in India, what happens? We go to the government office, what does he say? I say chalta. This is how it works. No, that is how it is. I say chalta means what? This is how it works. It's okay. Everything is accepted. But he did not want to accept. He wanted to affect a change wherever there was corruption. So he took the role of a collectorate officer. Where he can be very vigilant, he can catch people, right? So, now so much of responsibilities in office, but amidst this, there was another side to it. He wanted to keep writing books and poems. So, collectorate officer is a very passionate job, and writing books is a very, is a job in the mode of goodness. So, he was able to manage books, right? 1866, 28 years of age, deputy collector and deputy magistrate. He became a deputy magistrate. It is said that he was so good at his job as a deputy magistrate that he, used, he settled disputes between tea farmers and helped secure public aid to build a school for teaching Nyaya Shastra. So he was able to affect a lot of things to promote basic teaching, get government funding and all that. Eventually, because of his presence in the government for so long and his effectiveness in his various roles, because of his performance, he was recognized. 
and he took charge of the governmental and judicial departments. So on one hand, his excellence on, on his job was showing, uh, was was growing, and on the other hand, his literary uh, knowledge was also showing. So during this time, he exhibited expertise in Persian language and Urdu language. <laughs> this was the scholarliness and corporate efficiency, both going together and in hand, right? 1868, 30 years of age, he became deputy magistrate of the entire West Bengal, not deputy magistrate of some small Zilla Parishad or something like that, of the entire West Bengal, deputy magistrate. What a position! It is said that at that time that it was the highest rank in the Indian government that could be held by an Indian person during the British rule. During this time, it is said that another big event happened in his life. What happened? He obtained rare copies of Sriman Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita. He obtained these copies. And he read Chaitanya Charitamrita so repeatedly that his faith increased. To what point? That he became absorbed in Chaitanya Charitamrita all day and all night. Absorption. Now, obviously, when you have such absorption, then what will happen? Incessant prayers will start coming out from your heart. So he began incessantly submitting heartful prayers for the Lord's mercy. He understood Lord Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his incarnation as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And in that ecstasy, he published his first song on Lord Chaitanya, which is called as Satchidananda Prema Alamka. 1869, 31 years of age, Coming back to his erudition. He delivered a speech on Sriman Bhagavatam to a large congregation of prominent men from India as well as from England. His official duties now meant that he was transferred to a place called Champara. And his second son, Radhika Prasad, was born. Now something unique happened in Champara. What happened in Champara? Here, it is said that people were worshipping a ghost under a banyan tree. <laughs> now, this ghost was a different kind of a ghost. Very involved ghost. Not just carrying people. But he was very influential on the judge over there. So the rascals used to, you know, utilize the mystic abilities of the ghost to influence the judge's uh, judgment and turn it in favor of the criminals. Okay, this is what was happening. So somehow this ghost had to be driven away from there, right? So he advised a local scholar who came and uh, told him this issue that you go under this tree and you recite this scripture, Sriman Bhagavatam, day in and day out under the tree. And it is said that just by the recitation of Sriman Bhagavatam under the tree, in one month, the tree crashed to the ground and the ghost ran away from there. It never to be heard of. <laughs> so, by that, what happened? Sometimes, people may not read Sriman Bhagavatam. People may not have. People like miracles. Okay? When they say Sriman Bhagavatam, you read ghost painting. Huh? Ghost painting? What is the book? Can you show me? So, in this pastime, he renewed the faith of the on Srimad Bhagavatam unto the hearts of 
these otherwise these people who had otherwise lost their faith. So that is why he did this fast act, not to show his mystic ability or anything like that. And that too he did, he, he directed to Srimad Bhagavatam. He did not write, I will now drive the horse there, no, with my mystic abilities, nothing like that. This is how a devotee operates. Then, obviously his ecstasy was going higher and higher now for Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And where Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had done most of his pastimes, in most of the time where he spent in Jagannathpuri. Therefore, Bhaktivinoda moved to Jagannathpuri. 1873, 35 years of age. Now it is said that when he moved to Jagannathpuri in that role, he met this joker called as Vishaksen. <laughs> Vishaksen was claiming that he was the incarnation of Vishnu, Mahavishnu. <laughs> he said, I am incarnation of Mahavishnu. And he said, and he just said that he was keeping the British government also at bay. No police officer could touch him because he was such an influential person, right? And he had a lot of mystic powers. Now, in the name of being Mahavishnu, he used to take a lot of funds from people and misuse those funds, saying that I will construct temple. And then he used to also have a lot of dalliance with the women over there. Saying that I am doing Rasalila. Now, along as if that was not enough, along with this Vishak uh, said there were two other actors, his associates, who each was claiming, one was saying that, yeah, I am his friend, I am Brahma, another was saying, I am Rudra. <laughs> All the reality came down there. Right? So, now the British were also very uh, scared of this fellow. So, they gave, and that was Mr. Ravenshaw, he was the district commissioner at that point in time. So he requested Kedarnathatta, can you handle the situation and do something about this Vishak Sen? So Kedarnathatta accepted the challenge because he was always against Kaitava Dharma. So now he got another opportunity to drive away Kaitava Dharma and a devotee takes every single opportunity. So he took this opportunity. So he went to Vishak Sen and he told Vishak Sen. First of all, he appreciated Vishak Sen. Like many times, you know, when you are cultivating, we keep on appreciating. First, he appreciated, wow, what mystic power is here? Great personality, what powers? Like that. Hmm? The source of all these powers is Lord Jagannath. So, why don't you come to Puri along with him? He tried the nice thing of taking him to Puri. But that fellow was a rascal, Vishak said. He said, what? That Puri Jagannath, he is only a hunk of wood. Mahavishnu is very cheer. I am Mahavishnu. Why you want to go there with the wooden lady? Over there? I am Mahavishnu right in front of you. Kedamas Datta said that okay, I gave you a chance now. <laughs> you are not going to improve. So what happened? He ordered an arrest warrant. And guarded by 100 plus policemen, the trial went on for 18 days. He threw the fellow in jail. Now, obviously, he was very popular. So thousands of people were demanding his release. But Vishaksen was a mystic yogi. So what did you do? He has some mystic powers, not a yogi, he is not called as yogi, it's a very high word, yogi in respect. <laughs> he had some mystic power, some tantric baba type, right? So therefore, what happened by his mystic powers, he did something by which Kedarnathatta's daughter, Kadambi, she felt severely ill, became seriously ill to the point that she was going to almost die. And when the daughter is going to die, who became most concerned? Mother. So mother started telling him, okay, why don't you leave this Vishaksa and let him go? Why are you interfering with him? See, he has got mystic power. See, our daughter is about to die. But Bhaktivinoda said, no. I want to protect him dharma. 
protecting bhakti driving out kaitava dharma i am not going to budge from my position so he was relentless in pursuing this rascal bishaksen right so the last day of the trial it is said that bishaksen did something and bhakti vinod thakur kedarnath that himself fell fell seriously ill but what happened the court pronounced its verdict on that jail or on that day on bishaksen uh, and he was being readied up to serve a long sentence in the jail now there was a clue that he got saying that all these mystic yogis they had the, all their power in their hair so bhakti vinod thakur immediately ordered that he be shaved up <laughs> so the moment his hair was cut bishaksen just collapsed all his mystic powers went away because it was all there in his hair and it is said after 3 months he was moved to midnapur central jail and obviously because a person who is used to adoration and cheap respect when he loses that he has no other uh, thing to give him satisfaction therefore what happens such a person eventually ends up being miserable and therefore it is said that bishop sent to poison and died so that was the end of the session 1874 to 93 36 years of old to 55 years of ವಿವೇಕ plus in bengali he wrote lot of literature such as kalyana kalpana and in 1978-1974 he wrote a scripture called as datta he commented on a scripture called datta kostuba now while jagannath puri he established a vaishnava discussion society called as bhagavat samsad in the jagannath vallabha gardens and here it is said that all the prominent vaishnavas at that time joined except one baba ji why this baba ji thought that bhakti vinod thakur was not an authorized acharya he had doubts on his ability why because bhakti vinod thakur did wear a kanti mala <laughs> that is the reason he is not qualified right and he was not even wearing tilak right obviously bhakti vinod thakur's mood was to go out and connect with the common man so many times vaishnava had to do that i remember once his holiness jayapatana maharaj when he visited uh, dubai he dressed up with shirt and tie and then went now it must have been a really difficult opportunity for a sanyasi to do that but sanyasis are not about sanyasasana sanyasis know the import of sanyasasana exalted personalities they live only for the satisfaction of the lord and for the mission of the lord this is missionary spirit willing to do anything but sometimes people can be criticized for this because people will judge vaishnava based on their external so this baba ji was criticized where is this kanti mala where is this tilak so there are the, the person who was criticized that fellow he got illness severe illness so much so that in the dream lord jagannath appeared to that person and told him you go and fall at the feet of bhakti vinod thakur and pray for his mercy otherwise you no chance of overcoming your illness and death you are going to die so he accepted that and went to bhakti vinod thakur and then 
is 43 now 43 years old he began publishing the famous journal called as sajjana toshani his vaishnava journal now at this point in time jagannathpuri mayapur he had experience but he had not experienced braja right so he desired to see the land of vrindavan and he took 3 months leave for this purpose and came to vrindavan who did he meet in vrindavan again a life changer for him his eternal shiksha guru shila jagannath das baba ji maharaj ki jai he met jagannath das baba ji here and jagannath das das baba ji was very because he was a family mendicant right so he used to spend 6 months between navadweep and vrindavan he was always traveling so on meeting jagannath das baba ji bhakti vinod thakur surrendered to him and accepted him as his eternally worshipable shiksha guru Shri Jagannath Das Baba Ji is uh, very near on the order. Okay, on the order. So uh, this was his Shiksha Guru. So he authored so many books and commentaries on Bhagavad Gita. He authored what is called as Sri Chaitanya Shiksha Amrit, Sri Sri Chaitanya Charana Amrit. So many literatures on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Calcutta. he started the shri vishwa vaishnava sabha dedicated to preaching the pure bhakti as taught by lord chaitanya mahaprabhu he lectured and gave readings on books like the bhakti rasamrits the sindhu so it was he who popularized the nectar of devotion during his time and it was at this time that he learned uh, that uh, that the devotees recognized the people around him they recognized his devotional prowess as well as his scholarly prowess and now he got his title as shila bhakti vinod thakur till this point in time he was only known as kedarnath datta he became 49 years old now this is 1887 we are talking about shila bhakti vinod thakur resolved now to quit government service and go to vrindavan for the rest of his life one night while he was still in his government service something unique happened what happened he had a dream in this dream lord chaitanya mahaprabhu spoke to him in this dream what was this dream lord chaitanya mahaprabhu said yes you will certainly go to vrindavan but first there is some service you have to perform in navadvi Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told in Bengal hmm? because what is Lord what is Navadvi? It is the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So based on this dream, Bhakti Vinod Thakur gave up his plans to retire and he secured a transfer to Krishna Nagar and he went to Navadvi. What happened one day? Once one night he was sitting in a roof hmm, of what is called as the Rani Dharmashala in Navadvi. and as he was chanting at a distance he spotted a tall tree next to a building that tree was giving out a remarkable effulgence so he went to krishna nagar library and he got all the old manuscripts to study the location of that particular tree which was giving this particular effulgence he went to manuscripts of chaitanya bhagavat navadvi dham parikrama and some old maps of nadia 
further he went to some elderly people in the village and spoke to them and as he was doing all this he was uncovering different facts about that particular place in navadvip and eventually he found out that that was just like that the tree was not giving any evidence because that is the spot where lord chaitanya mahaprabhu took his birth that is why the tree was so effulgent and that is why chaitanya mahaprabhu came in his dream and said don't go to vrindavan you go there because you have to rediscover mayapur my birthplace that was shila bhakti vinodakur's contribution however a devotee will make make no major conclusions in his life without consulting his guru so therefore he went to jagannath das baba ji and he said that till jagannath das baba ji confirms i will still not accept my scientific research or my logical research i will confirm it the guru says so so he went he brought jagannath das baba ji who was blind and jagannath baba das baba ji could not even walk he was like hunchback type person right so he was being carried on a basket but when jagannath das baba ji came to that spot he said okay take me down and he started jumping high feet in the air you can imagine he was already 100 plus years old correct how can an old man jump so much but all this happened and then bhakti vinod thakur realized and jagannath babaji said yes this is the birthplace of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu mayapur dham ki yeah. so this is the greatness so today mayapur dham we are eternally grateful to bhakti vinod thakur because of him it was uh, revealed to us now in glorification of this sacred place bhakti vinod thakur soon published the navadvip dham mahatmya where he commented and he gave great details about this place now in the same year he also renovated the house of sri jagannath das baba ji at ravas ghat his spiritual master's house he renovated now he took leave from his office he took leave from his office for 2 years and acquired a plot of land at shila godrumadvi where he built his retirement house or his bhajana kutir which is called as surabhi kunj he built his retirement house 1890 age of 52 bhaktivinoda thakur established what is called as the namahatta he is the father of the namahatta in that sense he established namahatta which is called as the market place of the holy name continuously singing glory glorifications of lord krishna so sometimes he would have jagannath das baba ji sit visit him and do kirtan with him constantly chanting and soon this movement started spreading janamata started spreading spreading over entire bengal bhakti vinod thakur's mercy mercy not only was confined to bengal but it reached far beyond the geographical boundaries of india now or even uh, or it is said asia it went spread throughout asia he was intent on spreading krishna consciousness to the western countries so in his, he wrote a he, he wrote a book in his book on chaitanya mahaprabhu's life and precepts he wrote that book now in the english language because he wanted to give it to the western world he wanted to take chaitanya mahaprabhu to the western countries now obviously excellence was already there in such an empowered associate of the lord so this book which he wrote it is said found its way into the library of the royal asiatic society in london bhakti vinod thakur's book went to royal asiatic society in london and 
the library of McGill University in Canada and many other respectable institutions in the West. Further, it was reviewed in the Journal of the Royal Asiatic Society by Mr. F. W. Fraser, who was an erudite European scholar of his time. 1908, he becomes 70 years old. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur now, having accomplished all this, he took the external dress of a Babaji, devoting the remainder of his life in bhajan, solitary chanting of the holy names. Now, even though his mood was to become a bhajananandi, the ghosti anandi in him did not subside. So, even though he did this, in the first two years, again he will travel between Calcutta and Puri and still continue to write books. Now, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, this is very important, he made three predictions. Bhakti Vinod Thakur Mahasaya made three predictions. What were the three predictions? Prediction number one, a personality will soon appear. A personality will soon appear, he is predicting. A personality will soon appear and this personality will travel all over the world to spread the teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. First tradition. Who is the personality? La Prabhupada Ki Jai. This was predicted by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Prabhupada was not even born at that time. It was a prediction. Second prediction. Very soon, this chanting of Harinam Sankirtan will be spread all over the world. People from America, people from England, France, Germany, Russia, will take up kartas and pradangas and chant Hare Krishna in their towns. This was predicted. Who could have imagined this? It was predicted by this personality. Right? It is said, fair-skinned foreigners, fair-skinned foreigners will come to see Mayapurtham, a village in India. Someone from US traveling, Somebody would have laughed at this. Impossible. Right? Third tradition. Fair-skinned foreigners will come to see Mayapur Dham and join with Bengali Vaishnavas to chant Jai Sachinandan! Jai Sachinandan! What kind of prediction is this? Who would have believed? But he predicted all this. This is the greatness of Srila Bhakti Yenu 1914. On June 23rd, just before noon at Jagannath Puri, Bhaktivinoda Thakur Mahashaya disappeared from this world, which incidentally coincided with the disappearance day of Srila Gadadhar Pandit. His transcendental remains were taken from Orissa back to his beloved place of Godrumali. The land of Lord Chaitanya and his eternal pastimes. Amidst huge Sankirtan, chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Amidst this huge Sankirtan chanting, his remains were interred in Godrumadvip. It is said in the Gaurabhanotesha Deepika that Bhaktivinoda Thakur is none other than Kamala Manjari in Krishna Leela. 
such an exalted personality, so much of contribution without which we wouldn't exist today. <laughs> right? So on this day, of his appearance day, it will take some time and to thank and express our immense gratitude to this great personality without which we wouldn't have found the tenets of bhakti. It's great. Bhakti. We don't talk to Mahasaya ki. Jai. 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 Jai.